But anyway, let's talk about being qualified. Who in here has ever had a situation in their life where you've been given a task, it can be at work, or maybe you were offered a job, a promotion at where you work, and maybe you looked at that promotion and you looked at your skill set and you thought, "Mm, I'm just not qualified, I can't do that, because your focus was so on you. Come on, I think we've all been there at one point or another, if we honestly tell the truth. And we're in church, so you should tell the truth. Amen? <laughs> so, but listen, I want you to understand, God give, he has given everybody in this room, and I know you, you're probably tired of me harping on this because I harp on it a lot. I've talked about how God created you with a purpose, all right? He had that purpose in mind when he created you, okay? And you need to get a revelation of who you are in Christ. You are a son and a daughter of Christ, all right? I tell people to get bold about it. Get conceited about it. Get arrogant about it. My gosh, that's something to be conceited about, all right? But remember, there's a balance. Everything in this church, there's a balance. Don't get so conceited that you think you're so high and mighty, a son and daughter of God, that you're untouchable. All right, keep it in balance. But be bold about who you are in Christ. Get that revelation and understanding who you are and what he's done for you and the fact that he has given you gifts. He's given everybody in this room gifts and talents to walk out the perfect will for your life. Now, they may not be developed yet, and we'll get to that, but he has given you everything that you need. Amen. And listen, you may be sitting there thinking, no, Pastor, you don't know me. I'm goofy. I'm quirky, I'm weird, look, I'm goofy, I understand that. Listen, don't you look at that and don't you see yourself that way and feel like that that is holding you back from walking out the will of God for your life. Because listen, God created you goofy, okay? I'm just going to say that. He created me the way I am. And he created you goofy, weird, and quirky so you could reach somebody. Understand, there, you created you with a purpose. He made you the way that you are. Don't, get, don't start changing who you are. All right, God made you who you are in your little quirky ways for a reason. All right, it's very, very important that you see that. And don't be trying to fall into this trap of what society says you need to be. Well, you don't need to be that way. You need to be this way because everybody else is this way. Dangerous. Don't fall into that. That is a very slippery slope. God loves you. God created you to be who you are. Be happy with it. Be excited that that he has a plan for your life, a purpose for your life, and seek it out and take the gifts and talents that he's given you and walk it out and see how the plan of God starts working in your life. It's awesome. You need to get a revelation for that. But all that being said, it's a little overwhelming. Right? Because it's so hard for us to stop looking at our own failures, our own faults, inadequacies, because we always do. Come on. Before we just approach anything, we always look at can I accomplish that? Well, maybe not in your own strength. All right? But I want you to know something you're qualified. Amen? Whatever God has got you called to do, you're qualified. All right? He didn't, He did not put something on your heart or put the plan in place for your life and not give you the equipment you need to walk it out. Amen. And now, as I was putting all this together, uh, you know, I like to tie it with a story, and I couldn't help but think about Moses. I mean, now, if you look at his story, his first 40 years, what happened? All right, he lived in Pharaoh's household. I'm going to really paraphrase this for time. So he's in a place of power, prestige, strength, money. He's got anything he wants, all right? But you follow it of the story on out, and he learns who he is, and what happens? 
he becomes aware of the oppression of his people. Not only becomes aware of it, he becomes troubled by it. And guess what? Now he wants vengeance. All right, he wants vengeance. And he takes action. Guess what? That wasn't God's plan, but he made that choice. And he did this. Guess what happened? He had to flee for his life. All right? He runs off. And guess what happens? He ends up for the next 40 years of his life a shepherd. Herding sheep or livestock. All right? Up in, uh, in Midian. All right? So he goes from this place of power, a place of authority, a place of prestige, who I am, to a lonely herder, shepherd, in the middle of the fields, in the middle of nowhere. You know, if you just look at the whole story. But that didn't stop there. The story didn't stop there, did it? He follows the story on through. He comes across a burning bush. Now, a burning bush? Really? All right, and that's a whole other sermon for another day. But he does. He, Moses comes up on the burning bush. And what was that? That's God calling him for the next 40 years of his life. Amen. So we're going to look today, we're going to be in Exodus, we're going to look at chapter 3, I'm going to start with verses 9 and 10. So what Moses, well, let's, let's read this first. Verse 9, it says, And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them, so now go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. So man, this scared Moses, I mean, they scared him, scared the mess out of him. Can you imagine? You've got to think about the people in the Bible. They're just people, just like you and I. So they get overwhelmed over situations. They have emotions just like us. Can you imagine God's calling you now to go save his people? I mean, can you And you, what's he doing? He's immediately, Moses immediately looks at his capabilities. And he's like, in his eyes, he's like, I can't do this. And understand, this is a time before the Bible was written and the church was there to teach you about faith and teach you how to encourage you to, to walk out and do everything that God's telling you to do. No, he's got to fully trust on God. Amen. So, and, and he, I mean, he's, think about it like this. It scared him so bad that he literally argued with God. When you follow the story out, what's the story about? He's arguing with God. I mean, can you think about, I mean, who would argue with God? Really? I mean, who do you think you are? But you could, it's, it's easy to see that he did not feel qualified. Amen. And I wonder, it makes me think, who, how many of us, at times have argued with God when he's trying to tell us what's the next step for our life because maybe we don't feel qualified. Well, I'm here to remind you, you are qualified. Amen? You are qualified. So if you look through the whole story, there's four objections that Moses gives God that I want to talk about today. And there's four objections. And number one, the first thing that Moses said, and we're going to look at Exodus 3.11, and the first thing he says is, he tells God, he says, I'm a nobody. Who am I? I'm just a shepherd in the middle of Midian. I'm in the middle of nowhere, all right, talking to a burning bush. Who am I? So verse 11, it says, But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Who am I? I'm nothing. I'm nothing. I'm a murderer, all right? I'm a wanted man, all right? But look at God's response, verse 12. And God said, I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. Bam. Objection number one, overruled. God threw it out. God's telling him. He says what? It's not about you, Moses. You, this calling I've put out there for you, it's not about your credibility. 
It's not about your strength and your power. It's about mine. It's about God's strength and God's power working through you, working through your weakness. All right? Understand, we are never going to be perfect. Nobody in this room is perfect. I don't care how arrogant you are about yourself, how much you like yourself. Come on. You're not perfect. We'll never be perfect. Amen. Allow God to meet you where you are and work through your weakness and allow his glory to shine through you. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Listen, God didn't want Egypt and Israel impressed with Moses. No, he wanted them impressed with God and his glory. And know that serving God, I can't get off of this, serving God is not about your resume. It's not about your muscles. It's not about how well you speak. It's not how well or how how talented you are at this or how talented you are at that. Come on. It's about God working through you. Amen. And so many times today, so so many times today, and I'm just going to throw this out there, people are broken, all right? So many people are so, they have this relationship with God where, you know, I'm kind of here and God's kind of over here. And they're like, well, I see you over there, God, but you know where I've been. You know what I've been through, but I just got to clean this mess up. Let me get it all fixed up. I see you over there and then I know you got something for me. I'm coming to you. I promise I'll be there. It may take me a little while. I got to clean this up first. No, don't do that. Allow God to come into your life sit with you, work through you, and clean all that mess up together. Amen? Glory to God. Very, very important. You've got to allow God to have full access to your life. You've got to allow Him to be there and to show Himself, shine through whatever He's calling you to do. Amen? And understand, there's a calling on you. I don't know what that calling may be. Everybody has a purpose. Everybody has a purpose. God created you with a purpose. Man, that... I mean, that, you've got to see that. You've got to see the value in yourself. You've got to see the value that God puts in you. Amen? Where he guides, he provides. Now, I know everybody uses that for financial. You know, that's a big quote for financial uh, for provision. But listen, it can be spiritual. God is not going to send you where he's guiding you to. He's going to provide everything you need to accomplish it. Amen? And don't get caught up, I can't. Don't get caught up in the reasoning round. All right, sometimes we overthink things. When you get in here and you start reasoning in your mind, well, you're looking at your faults. You're looking at the task God set out before you, but you immediately turn to your faults, your inadequacies, what you see, your past failures. You're, you're beating yourself up. All right, don't fall into that. And that, because when you do that, you're seeing and you're saying to yourself, and you make yourself feel unworthy to walk out the will of God for your life. Glory to God, don't do that. Don't, don't. What you're doing is you're allowing yourself to be blinded by your faults and failures. Very dangerous. Very dangerous. Understand this. We live in a fallen world where the devil is trying to stop you from accomplishing the perfect will of God for your life. Amen. So guess what? If he can keep you, and this is working so well in today's society, because we have so many people that are walking around, and all they're doing is living on barely get by street, only barely accomplishing anything, because all they feel like they can do, because they have no self-esteem, no self-confidence, they've been beaten down their whole life, and they feel like all they can do is just simply survive. Well, guess what? The devil wants you to stay there, because... Because if he can keep you beat down there, you never get up here where you walk in perfect victory and you defeat him. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. And understand, when you do 
get so focused on your faults and your failures, all right, when that becomes what you're seeing all the time, all right, think about what you're doing. When you're limiting yourself into stepping into the will of God for your life because you feel like you're not worthy or not capable, essentially what you're telling God is, God, you're the creator. You're the one who created this world. You're the one that created everything around me. But you're saying, your power is not strong enough to work through me. Glory to God. Be careful where you put yourself because that puts you above what God is. Like, come on. That, that slippery slope. Don't do that. Don't do it. Don't do it. Open up and allow God into your life full access and allow Him to shine through your weakness. Amen. And listen, we all have them. I have them. Michelle has them. Everybody has them. More than me, but that's okay. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Muffin. That's okay. Muffin. How did you, did you enjoy your trip to Oklahoma? <laughs> <She's> like, <laughs> Nobody called you? Okay. All right. <laughs> the second thing, the second objection that Moses, that Moses said to God, he said, he told him, he said, they're not going to believe me, God. That's what he said. Look at Exodus 4.1. Moses answered and said, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say the Lord did not appear to you? All right. Moses is thinking, they're going to think I'm crazy. Here I am, just a shepherd in the middle of nowhere. Been out here for 40 years. Nobody knows me. All right, I'm talking to a burning bush, and now I've got to come back, but I'm yet, I'm coming to save the people from Egypt, Israelites from Egypt. Hmm, come on, I'm a nobody. He's still focused on himself, still focused on his faults. But it's very interesting. Look at God's response. Verse 5, this said the Lord is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Bam. Objection number two, overruled. What God say? Again, it's not about you, Moses. It's not about you. Understand, how many times have I got to tell you? I can just imagine what God's saying here. How many times I got to tell you? It's not about you. I don't want to impress them with you. I want them impressed with me. I want to simply use you. I want to work through you. I want you to submit and commit to me and allow me to speak and talk and work through you. And this is what he's trying to do to all of us. Amen. All willing vessels. Willing vessels is all he wants. It's all he wants. So, number three. The third thing that Moses said, and I like this. He says, but God, I'm not gifted to do it. I can't do it. You know. Look in verse 10. Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant. All right, now understand, he's arguing with the Lord. Now he's being polite. You know, this is going on a little long, so... He feels a need to be uh, polite here. He says, pardon your servant, Lord. I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. He's a stutterer. What's happening here? Again, he can't get over his past. He can't get over his own failures, his own faults. Amen? How many times do we do that? I can think of a lot of times where I've done that. Amen? But look at God's response. Verse 11 the Lord said to him, Who gave human beings their mouth? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak. I will teach you what to say. Bam. Objection number three, overrule. Again, it's not about Moses. It wasn't about Moses. Moses was pretty hard-headed. You know? It's kind of like when your kids argue with you. You're like Natalie, you know? So I tell her, ask her to do something. And Natalie's like... She gave me 10 reasons why I'll do it later or I'm not going to do it now or this, that, or another. And, you know, this goes on and on. Yeah, 
have a hard head. I don't know why that is. Why does that happen? It's okay. I love you, man. That's all right. Kids, you know. But, but remember, God wanted to impress Egypt and Israel with who? With God's glory, not Moses. Amen. So, number four. The fourth objection that Moses had. And at this point, he's pleading. Moses says in verse 13, he tells him, he says, don't make me do this. Verse 13, he says, but Moses said, pardon your servant again, please send someone else. He's pleading. Gosh, I mean, in his mind, he's thinking, there's got to be something better than me. There's got to be somebody more qualified than me, more, more capable. I'm a murderer. I'm a wanted man. But look at God's response. In verse 14, then the Lord became angry with Moses. All right, kind of like when you do with your kids. Enough's enough. The debate's over, you know. That's it. You know, my, what I say goes. That's it, you know. So this is where God is at this point. He says, all right. He said, what about your brother Aaron the Levite? I know he speaks well, and look, he is on his way to meet you now. He will be delighted to see you. Verse 15, talk to him and put the words in his mouth. I will be with you, both of you, as you speak, and I will instruct you both in what to do. Bam, overruled again. What's he saying again? Of course, it's not about Moses. It wasn't about him. At this point, can you imagine where God is? He's angry, all right? He's, he's like, enough's enough. God says, enough. All right, he's telling Moses, I have reasons for picking you. I've tried to explain this out to you. You can't see all the reasons that I have for picking you. But the fact of the matter is, I picked you. And the fact that you have no faith or have so little faith, I'm going to give you somebody to help you, to make you more comfortable. And Moses is like, thank you. Amen. But look, qualified. Do you feel qualified? Huh? Do you feel qualified for what God's calling you to do? I mean, you don't have to answer that, but ask yourself that. And if you do, which I think probably everybody in here at some point or another doesn't feel qualified, join the club, right? You're not alone. You're not alone. Amen. I bet the first time we asked Keith to get up on stage to sing, he probably thought, let me go back here and look at my resume. I don't think that's on there. But he's doing a great job. Amen. He is. He's doing a great job. And Jeremy, you know, one of the beautiful things about pastoring is you see the potential in people. Now, understand, I can't make you step into anything. I can't make you do anything. But I see things. God will show me things. And I get to know you and your talents and your gifts. And I can say, you're going to be really good here. I can see you working really good here and there. And the great part is actually seeing when people start walking it out. It's so great. It is. So, especially for me, because my heart is so, in, so much for the people. All right, and and to see that, and now to see, and sometimes I like to give a little nudge. It's kind of like what we did with Jeremy. We've been knowing Jeremy for a long. I remember Jeremy when he was single. He was a little young thing, hopping around Auburn, you know. And he's come so far. He has. He's and grown up so far in the world, and and now he's married to a beautiful wife, and they got a wonderful child on the way. And I mean, they're they're going to be a they are an amazing family that's uh, going to be really doing something great for God one day. I really believe that, and. Uh, Look, I may nudge you to do something if you don't want to do it. There's never any pressure. You're not going to hurt my feelings. It's okay. You don't have to do it. But hey, I do want to encourage you to try some things. That's why you see a lot of different people moving around in here, doing some different things. Because, you know, God was very specific when we, he confirmed that we were going to keep this family together. And he said, but I want you to use the people. You've got a good group of people, and I want you to use the people. And, and you know, that's what I do. I ask him all the time, who's next? Who's next? What's next? Amen. So anyway, 
Listen, no matter what your calling is, all right, didn't mean to get on a rabbit trail. No matter what your calling is, remember, it's going to take true faith and true dependence on God. Amen? And understand that if you know God and you've accepted God as your Lord and Savior, all right, then you're qualified. You're saying, how am I qualified? You're qualified simply because, and you're capable simply because of the blood that was shed on that cross. There's so much. Man, you can preach so many servants on the power in that blood. But the blood that Jesus shed for you and I, amen, that, that qualifies you. Listen, he died for us. His spirit sustains us, all of us, so that we can go out and be qualified to minister to anybody around us that has become a slave to sin. And that's you, everybody, all of us. Listen, God called us to stay here and to to impact this community. I can't save everybody. There's no way I could possibly talk to everybody. That's where you guys come in. You're special. Everybody say you're special. All right. I don't mean you ride the short bus to school. I mean they're special. (laughs) Nothing wrong with the short bus. That's But have you been arguing with God over your calling? Or better yet, have you been arguing with God over your qualifications for your calling? All right. Don't do that. Listen, let God meet you where you are. Let him come into your life and shine to your, in your weakness. All right? You're qualified. I mean, I think about Miranda here. Amazing young women now. Uh, have an awesome family. Uh, lots of kids. She's catching up with me. So. But Miranda started her business, a photography business. And, you know, I imagine when she started this, and I may be wrong, but I imagine at some point when she looked at everything that had to unfold to get this going and all that, at some point, it was probably a little overwhelming, wasn't it? But you know what? She's awesome. And she plugged in and she prayed about it and she talked to God and she stuck it out and she pressed forward and we're, it, it, it's, it's going, it's going. And I'm sure there's some learning curves, but she's doing good. And we're praying and believing God that it's going to continue to grow. Because, listen, the more it grows, the more of an impact she can make on her family. The more of an impact she can make on her community. The more of an impact she can make on her church. Amen. You see how it works? She, so she didn't stay on the fact that at some point she was a little overwhelmed or un, maybe felt a little unqualified for everything. But she stayed at it. She kept plugging in there. She kept working on those gifts and talents that God gave her. She kept developing those gifts and talents that God gave her. Amen? Amen. Don't, and listen, don't let any weakness that you see yourself having as being an excuse for unbelief. Remember, unbelief is, unbelief comes from the enemy. You can't have unbelief and faith at the same time. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. No, just simply move forward by faith. Know that God's going to be with you and know that he's going to guide you. Amen? And remember, he has equipped you every one of you, to walk out the will of God for your life. Amen? He has given you gifts and talents to do that. Amen? And listen, on that note, developing gifts, too many times we get so focused on a gift when somebody has it. All right? And who's been around somebody where they're just extremely talented at something and you're almost envious of it? All right? And it's just... It's just oozing out of them. You're just like, really? Come on. You know? Come on. I want that. No. But don't do that. But, but your focus becomes on their gift. 
And what you do is you neglect looking at the work that it takes to get that gift where it is. Amen? So be very careful if you ever envy somebody's gift because you don't know how much they work they put into making that gift what it is. I put it into perspective, something you understand here. Who remembers 2010? Who was the greatest quarterback that came into Auburn that year? Huh? Cam Newton. All right? Cam Newton. Was the man not a machine? He was gifted. Was he not? I mean, I really don't know all his stats. The dude could do anything. They couldn't stop him. I mean, well, he couldn't. But all you heard was what he accomplished on the field. All you heard was the gifts he had so he could run over Alabama, so he could run over whoever, run over what? Threw that in there for Jeremy there. But, But to understand, all they kept talking about was his gifts. Guess what? They were never talking about the hours he spent in the gym, the times he spent on the field practicing by himself, preparing, all right, developing that gift, all right? So don't get so focused on the... Remember, we started the church. What did I tell you? I said, I told you there's going to be some work involved in your Christian walk. All right? Too many times today, people are looking for the easiest way out. And I wish I could tell you that your Christian walk is you just come in here once a week, you just say a simple prayer, and the rest of it's a piece of cake. But I'm sorry, that will be lying to you. It's going to require some work on your part. It's going to require you to read a little bit. It's going to require you to meet with some people. It's going to require you to come to church a little more often than once a week. All right? It's going to require you to develop that relationship I talked about with Jesus Christ. Pray and talk to your Heavenly Father. Amen? There's some work involved. And it comes down to how much work are you going to put into developing the gifts that God gave you to walk out the will of God for your life. See, the more you develop them, the easier it becomes. And the more it becomes a part of you. Amen? You're only going to get as much out of it as much as you put in it. You know, because so many, so many times today, in today's world, people, the first thing they do, and they, listen, don't misunderstand me. The first thing people do is they pray, all right, which we should. We pray. But so many times we're constantly just, that's all we do. We pray, God, fix this, fix this, fix this, fix this. And God is sitting up there, look, and he's telling you, I gifted you. I, tal- I gave you the talents to accomplish this. All you need to do is step out in faith, develop that, and walk it out. He doesn't have to do anything for you. He gave you the answer. You were the answer. Amen. Amen. So there's going to be a little bit of work involved. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to glory to God. You've got to develop your gifts. You've got to do it. And listen, there's probably people here today that, that, have, you know, that have the gifts. And understand, just because God put that gift in you, it's not going to come out and make a difference without you working at it, without you developing it. Okay? And there's probably people here today that have gifts that haven't even put any effort into trying to develop them. Amen? You're not going to make the difference in, the, in, in, in your realm of influence that God's calling you to unless you start developing your gifts. You'll never walk in that full, full will of God for your life. Amen? And remember this, and, and really take this to heart, okay? Who you are, all right? Remember the quirky, weird person that you may think you are. I'm not saying anybody's quirky or weird. Please don't email me on this. But listen, who you are, that's God's gift to you, okay? But wh- what you or who you become in this world, in this life, 
how much you put into it, that should be your gift back to God. Amen? That should be your gift back to God. And when you look at what he's done for you, all right, and how, I mean, what he's, what he's brought you through, what he's laid out for you, Amen. You should be excited and willing to jump in and just passionate to give him all you got. Amen. All you got. I mean, he's given you eternity of life. Glory to God. So if you ever feel like you're not worthy, think about Moses. Or better yet, think about Jesus. I mean, he used, he used some crazy people, didn't he? If you go back and look, just like they said in the video, they used some crazy, he used flawed people, all right, to bring hope to a flawed world. He did. I mean, you look at, uh, I mean, well, of course, the disciples, my goodness, they fell asleep while they were praying. I mean, come on. Peter denied Jesus. Rahab was a prostitute. Moses was a stutterer. Come on. He used the, the goofiest, craziest, quirkiest people. Amen. And they made a difference. They made a difference. And you will too. He's going to use you if you're willing to step into what it is he has for your life. Willing to put in a little extra work. Amen. Spend a little time with him praying, talking to him. Amen. Know that he he didn't call the equipped. He equipped those that he called. And that's you. And no matter what you've been through in this life, always, always remember. We talked about it a few Sundays ago. The power that conquered that grave. That power, that same power, lives in each and every one of us today that choose and accept Jesus Christ. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory, glory to God.